Welcome to the first episode of 2024 of the You Sound Insane, You Should Be Medicated podcast. It's a bit late, but, well, Christmas and everything, we became a bit lazy, but here we are for 2024. First up on the agenda, could pigeons be spying for China? A pigeon suspected of being a Chinese spy has been released by police in India after being detained for eight months. Um, they suspected he was involved in espionage after he was captured near a port in Mumbai. It was found with two rings tied to its legs, featuring words that appeared to be Chinese. <laughs> you think he got yard time? Like, the, the pigeon just, no, they just left him in the cage. The pigeon just goes out there and starts lifting <gasps> weights. <gasps> He goes, <gasps> he goes out and starts lifting weights, and then they throw a piece of bread at him when he gets distracted. <laughs> but it's actually emerged that the creature was an open water racing bird from Taiwan. An open, uh, so, so is it a racing pigeon or a racing yeah. bird that looks like a pigeon? No, it's a pigeon that's an open water racing bird. A faster pigeon. Which had escaped and flown to India. But <laughs> Top. Speed a pigeon. See, and they've done it before. India has also previously detained the birds over security fears in 2020. Suspicious police in Indian controlled Kashmir captured a pigeon that belonged to a Pakistani fisherman. 90. Oh no, there's Pakistani spy pigeons too. Fucking hell! Well, that was a bit loud. <laughs> 144 kilometers is the pigeon's top speed. And Samson, listen, and this Jesus one. Jesus Christ. And this, in 2016, another pigeon was detained what? after it was allegedly found with a note that threatened Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Why are they so suspicious You're taking the piss. You've got to be taking the piss. What? <laughs> so you're telling me the two different points. There was pigeons that were suspected of being Chinese spies. Yes. Maybe they really are spies. Well, not Chinese spies, just... They're all just suspicious of every pigeon in India. Maybe they really are spying for China. So this one on the next... The thing you got here next on the list, piss jars. What is this? Why is oh, the yes. jars of piss? Well, I found it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well. The archaeologists have unearthed... Rena- Ren- oh, fuck, how do I say it? Renaissance-era urine flask at Caesar's Forum in Rome. A what? Urine flasks. Oh, flask. I was like, yeah. It's like the piss jars, you sample ones that you do for doctors, but back from the Renaissance. Oh, but it's something about Julius Caesar or something. Yeah, at Caesar's Forum in Rome. Oh. Building. Right, the building, not the man. Flasks like these were used by European doctors for centuries in order order to diagnose these diseases like jaundice and diabetes. So they were can pretty big, much see jaundice. Though. So they were just big jars of piss. Yes, and they take a little. They'd like they'd take a little drink from it. But why put it in here? Is where's the bit that I was finding? But, yeah, they used to use it to find out what's wrong with people. Yeah, I know that, but you would imagine, you'd think and that... here. 
Hospital staff use the fuss to collect urine from patients for analysis and observation, including smelling and tasting it. Mmm, <laughs> this is some good what about feeling? What about checking it for sediment? Mmm, what's the mouth feel on this one? Mm, yeah, yeah, mm. there's a few rocks in it. Oh, this one's smooth. Oh, this one stinks a bit. This one's a bit... This one actually tastes quite nice. That's apple juice. Oh. <laughs> but uroscopy, or the study of urine, Uro- is an integral Uro- part of medicine. Uroscopy. As far back as ancient Greece. Yeah, well, you said that. No, I didn't. Yeah, didn't you say? Oh, no, from a And so, given the excess glucose in a patient's urine, that would give it a distinct sweet flavour if you're a diabetic. Mm, really? Yeah. Well, um, you think that I'd probably be turned away from becoming a doctor back then? i got to try his what? Yeah, you got to drink his piss to test it for impurities. But isn't urine... The impurities that the body gets rid of. Check it! <laughs> but, like, they just put it in... They just collected the piss and then just left it in random places. Oh. So you can... Like, they just left just it... just sample it. In cellars and court... Well, once they were done with it, in cellars and courtyards and stuff. In cellars? You can, oh, here's my... Oh, wait. Oh, this, yeah, this is a nice a bottle of white. You bring this out... This is piss! You bring out... You usually bring out wine or something, and then in this drinking party you go... Here is a vintage, here is a vintage bottle of piss. Vintage piss. Here is a vintage bottle of piss. Oh, what year is it? It's from, what, oh, what year is it? Oh, it's from the 10th century. Oh, sounds perfect. He takes a a little swish of it, he goes, Mmm, delightful. And then everyone starts raising their jars of piss and drinking them. What are you doing? I was like this. Stop playing background shit. Don't you worry. I'll always be there for you. I'll always have your back. You thirsty? Yes. Oh, here. Try some of this Gatorade. Thank you. There you go. Ah! Whoa! Is that piss? Oh! That's not supposed to be the piss one. Why do you have a piss one? Oh, here. Why here, is there always here, a piss here, one? Give me you? that. Watch it out again. God damn it, Frank. <laughs> That's uh, piss too. Oh, uh, well, no. What the fuck? Oh, I must have got confused and pissed in them both. <laughs> I must have got confused and pissed in them both. Um. <laughs> Jesus, Frank. See, um. I I think I, it's my turn to have some to put some news stories out there. I'd say so. So this went down. Is this yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Yes, over the weekend. Mate, yesterday. Do you remember the day it happened? Well, now you're gonna. Now I'm gonna have to search it again. Where did it even go? You don't need to. Re- you don't need to um read out what it is. Tell me, so. Have it in my head as yesterday, but I can't remember if it was. Well, yeah, the story was published 17 hours ago. Yeah, but did it say when it happened? Because to look at the Illawarra Mercury article, I have to pay $2. Oh, so we'll just say, okay, I'll just say when it was published yesterday. So, published yesterday of, a, of something that happened 
through the week in Sydney, Jam- oh, not Sydney, Kayama. You can still at, read the title. At Jamboree Action Park. You control the piss. Where you control... Oh, whoops, action. Where you control the genders. <laughs> because... Religions. No, their religions are controlling women again. What was that? Well, fuck, the studio's falling apart. What was that? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so, there were Sunni Muslims in at Jamboree... Celebrating, is that the word? The right uh, word to use? The Islamic group Al-Asanah wal Jamal Was celebrating an Islamic event. Men only event. Police and are investigating. They wanted. They were asking for Jamboree to be closed down. And then decided, no, only to be closed to women. So, I thought we were living in... Shouldn't this be... Well, it was harassment of female staff including vile slows at the men only brothers day out <laughs> that sounds <laughs> brothers day out that's they, a little gay <laughs> don't say that they'll come after us I'll support don't call them gay they'll call on Allah and get a smart that Allah will come down on us I don't know, I even know what their thing would be like the thousand wins or some shit just cut our head off so, yeah, I thought we're living in Australia where everyone's accepted, but no, these blokes decided that women aren't allowed in areas. They were telling them that they had to cover up. And telling them to cover up even though... Well, it's not really up to you. It's not up to you. You're at an action park, so women are going to be dressed like that. Anyway. That's Muslims for you. Well, not all. Well, not all of them. Just the not all bad. People. The whatever ones like the because there's always ones that in a religion that always go over the thing. Now, what's this thing I'm reading? Costco hot dog. Oh shit! I had it saved. Where'd it go? I haven't um, had a Costco hot dog, but apparently yeah, I've never bussing. had a Costco hot dog either. They're bussing, apparently. There's a reason. Well, I'm staying cheap. I just got to get to the page they got it from, which was this one. So, yeah, because here we go. So Costco's hot dog has remained a dollar fifty since 1985, after the company president complained they were losing money on it. Losing money on it. CEO Jim Senegal put his foot down. If you raise the price of the F- of the fucking hot dog, I will kill you. Senegal said. Suck it up, bitch boy. So the CEO threatened to kill the pricing department if they didn't keep it as $1.50. That's why it's always been $1.50. Is, is, is it $1.50 in Australian Costco's? Well, I don't know whatever it would convert to. Yeah, it's probably more. But, yeah, the American Costco hot dog. Price <laughs> Australia. It's a dollar ninety nine for a hot dog and a soda. So, so no, that doesn't help. I'll go on the fucking because that comes with two things. Well, apparently you can't get it unless you get a soda. Oh, okay. Well, 
Two dollars, and it comes with a drink. You know, you can also get, a, well, obviously pizza, Korean chicken wings. I've never eaten anything from Costco. Southern-style chicken burger combo. A southern-style chicken burger. And a sundae or mango smoothie or bubble tea. Uh, they even have boba. What the fuck? Then you go on their website. You can get two point... You can get two kilos of Kirkland Signature Pork Hot Dogs. <laughs> How much? No. Hold on. I can't look. I have to, like, enter a postcode and shit. Oh. Now, so the next story oh, here we I've go. got... Oh. If you live okay. in Sydney, they're twenty two ninety nine for two kilos of hot dogs. Nice. So, NASA has come up with a revolutionary new plan to attract aliens to Earth. They're going... NASA is to launch pictures of humans... To, pictures of naked humans... To space in hope of attracting aliens. Oh, which people? Uh, they'll probably select the attractive yeah. ones. Not would the... they send celebrities or generic people? They would. Generic. Look, they would find the attractive ones, not the. I don't know what do you call them. Uglies like me. <laughs> what? I'm mm. part of that group. I'm an ugly. They wouldn't send nudes of me. All the men and the ugly ladies on that side of the room. If they sent nudes of me to space, the aliens would run in totally different directions. Oh, what the fuck? They're like, oh, fuck, what the hell? So, lucky they're not putting me in there. Well, I just did well reading. You can't get it without a soda anywhere in the world. That takes away from the whole. It's gonna stay at dollar fifty. Well, I got distracted by the aliens thing. So now I guess we're moving on to the next. Okay, now we're done with discussing that. Discussing what? God, I'm learning heaps of shit about the Costco hot dog. <laughs> In Canada, you can get you have the choice of a beef sausage, yeah, or a Polish sausage. What's the what's a Polish sausage? The Polish dog was I don't know, but it was cut from that US menu in twenty eighteen. In Mexico, they sell their all beef hot dogs for thirty five pesos or two dollars. And the hot dogs are loaded with jalapenos and onions. So a classic Polish dog is a crowd pleaser that brings together the best of Polish and American culinary delight. By combining the smoky and savory Biala kielbasa with the tangy and vibrant sauerkraut, and complementing it with the bold and zesty Kosciuszko mustard. Hmm. But and you create a truly authentic Polish experience. This just in. Kosciuszko mustard. Kosciuszko. He's now. Can I speak? Oh, not he's the Mount Kosciuszko's. Whatever direction. So as we said, it's a dollar fifty in the US. Yeah. In Australia, what we said in Australia, a dollar ninety nine makes it cheaper than in America. It's a dollar thirty, mm. and Japan, it's a dollar twenty. Oh well, damn! I'm really interested. They got in this rid hot of dog shit. Now. They got rid of the Polish dog because the old beef hot dog's healthier, so they got rid of the Polish dog. Korea, a dollar fifty five. It's a dollar eighty nine in Europe. 
The most expensive seems to be Iceland. The Polish hot dog was created by Jimmy Stefanovic, a Macedonian immigrant who took over his aunt and uncle's hot dog stand in 1939. Now called Jim's Original. Located at Maxwell and Holstead in Chicago's old Maxwell Street Market District. So the Maxwell Street Polish... Come get your fresh dog meat here! (laughs) The Maxwell Street Polish... Where my GTA 4 players at? Hot dog. Get some of your... Get some of this hot chihuahua meat. That's what it is. Some hot chihuahua meat. Whoa. So, Costco's, their old beef hot dog is 10% thicker than the previously served Hebrew national hot dogs. Oh. The Kirkland dogs have no byproducts, corn syrup, phosphates, fillers, or artificial colours or flavours. And that, my friends, is why Costco buck dogs taste so damn good. What? <laughs> Who wrote that? Peritos calientes! These dogs are hot! Come and eat them! Tastiest hot dogs, softest buns, right here! Hot dog, hot dog! My sausage is the best! Come and bite this plum chihuahua! Almost no face meat, guaranteed! Hot dog, good price! Eat my hot dog! Try to beat our meat! Some of these are fresh, fresh, fresh! Who wants to eat my wiener? Hot dogs, hot dogs, made of real meat! My dogs is long and hot! You motherfuckers think you're too good for these? Hardy, hardy, hot dogs! Come on, they taste better than they look! Take a bite of my hot chihuahua meat! Most digestible hot dogs on the block! Smell my hot dogs. Sausage, spicy and hot. Put this dog in your mouth. You know you want a hot dog. My hot dogs have some crunch. These dogs eat them. You cannot beat them. Get your hot dogs here. My sausage will fill you up. Bite this plump meat for juicy explosion. So, anyway, starting going, moving on, because we're going to be stuck on these hot dogs all day. <laughs> I can't stop talking about hot dogs. Section two is just a bunch of... Funny, Ooh, original, tasty, juicy, gallard, Filipino-style Funny gathered stories, experiences, anything we've, we've looked at or done throughout the week, whatever. And I don't think Max has really done anything this week because he hasn't added anything to our I have a job list. and you don't, loser. Yeah, well, I go to work. Off. What was Tuesday? Pay these bills. What was Tuesday this week? I was ill. <laughs> Even a pre-planned illness. That no, that this week is no. It was definitely illness. a pre-planned illness. Monday is. Oh yeah, Monday. You you lie. Super Bowl. No, no. That so it was Tuesday last week. That was actually sickness. No, Tuesday this week. No, it wasn't liar. You oh, chucked yeah. the you chucked the sicky. You weren't <coughs> sick. I was tired. Oh, and sleep good. Pussy! Anyway, moving on. We'll get stuck on that me calling Max a pussy. So first up is a um, soccer player by the name of... Someone shut that goddamn fridge up! A soccer player by the name of Mario Balotelli. So, now one of my all-time favourite footballers. He sets teammates on fire, punches club directly... Directors and flees burning buildings with suitcases stuffed with cash. You're gonna read that whole article you had for in me 2007. Last night. Mario signs for Inter Milan, where his boss is Jose Mourinho. For European, I am Jose Mourinho. <laughs> sometimes, maybe, sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Is that, that the same guy? That is not Jose Mourinho. Oh, 
Anyway, that guy, that, whoever oh, that is, he's funny. For a European tie, Balotelli is Inter's only fit striker. Oh, a tie meaning he's Italian. I tie is racist. Racist! But it's saying for a European tie. Go. That's what it says, for a European Whoops. tie. Max, that was even worse. Whoops. Balotelli is Inter's only fit striker, but he gets a first-half booking, and Jose spends half-time begging him to avoid a red. Minute 46. Red card. Jose brands Mar- Mario unmanageable. Despite winning three league titles... Oh, no, wait. Oops. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. Despite winning three league titles, the Champions League, and the Champions League, Mario falls foul of the Inter fans. It doesn't help that he supports their hated rivals, AC Milan. He even pulls on their shirt in a TV interview. Man, just... Man's just fucked in the head. The Italian striker signs for Nouveau Richer Man City in 2010. After moving into his new house in Manchester, Mario's mum sends him to John Lewis to buy an ironing board. He comes back with a quad bike, a trampoline, and a scale-electric set. My man. Two weeks later, the striker totals his Audi R8 on the way into training. Police arrive and search Mario, finding £5,000 in his back pocket. When I quiz him on why he's got so much cash, he replies, Because I am rich. Fair enough. It's a good job he is. Mario is soon hit with a 100k fine from Man City. He's been caught lobbing darts at youth team players from a first floor window at the club's training ground. Asked to explain himself, Balotelli answers simply, I was bored. Two months later, Balotelli's Cheshire mansion catches fire hours before Man City's tabletopping clash with Man United. Mario and his mates had set off fireworks in the bathroom. He fled the house carrying a Louis Vuitton bag stuffed with cash. Meanwhile, the city of Manchester recruit Mario as their ambassador for fireworks safety. Bruh. But he doesn't take his new role too seriously. He rocks up at Micah Richards' house with a bag of fireworks and chases him while holding a lighter to the fuse. Within weeks, he's (laughs) causing more mischief. On a night out, he runs into Jen Thompson, the prostitute at the heart of Wayne Rooney's cheating scandal. After spotting her in a restaurant, Mario serenades her with chants of Rooney, Rooney, Rooney. Rooney! Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Like that. I, well, I'm just guessing. Yeah, that's probably what it's like. I, I was doing chanting as in... Rooney! I was doing chanting as in Rooney, 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 you got to say it with the, a bit of Italian After three, spice. Say it again. Say it with Italian. No, you say it. Well, I didn't say it, but... You say it. I don't know how to do it. Do it again. Rooney. <laughs> Rooney. After three chaotic years, Mario leaves Man City and begins a nomadic tour of Europe. In 2019, he's made captain of, I think I'm saying this right, Spaghetti. Brescia, who hope he'll set an example. Instead, one teammate recalls, he used to chase people with a lighter and hairspray trying to set them on fire. What is this, this motherfucker in fire? Well, because he's probably, he seems like he's a pyro. Yeah, but he wants to set people alight. What if he actually set someone alight? <laughs> then what would he well, do? Then someone here said that there was a story, someone in the comment section said there was a story where Mario refused to train because the kid was watching the team. When Mario asked the kid why he wasn't at school, the kid said because he was being bullied. Mario took the child to his school and refused to leave until he, both children and teachers, had sorted the problem out. 
And the other one was he would answer fan letters and help out families in desperate financial situations and irregularly attended children's wards at hospitals. So he's a good bloke, but he's just a mm, bit messed He's still up. a shithead. Just a bit. Not all there in the head. I gotta get it. In, I gotta get a jersey and get it signed by him. <laughs> Imagine if he was doing all this now. Like obviously, twenty nineteen, teammate said that. But back when he was being a menace. Imagine if his social media was as always big around, as but not as yeah as big as it is now. He'd be a star on TikTok. Yeah, he'd be making lots of money outside of. Next, I've got these two poker stories I got from Reddit. And the first one is, I've been doing the most fucked up thing while playing poker. Is this allowed? I live in a large condominium in my city. In December, I looked out of my window and I could see a dude living across the street from me. One unit down playing on poker stars. His monitor is set up so anyone looking in could see his computer screen. With binoculars on my girlfriend's iPhone... I could see his whole cards from my window and just been I've just been playing him in cash games for almost two months now. I want thousands of dollars from this one dude because I'm able to see his cards from my apartment. <laughs> I haven't seen him playing in a while, but I'm wondering if what I've been doing is legal. <laughs> I don't see why not. And then, the, and then the same Reddit thing. I'm down thousands from this one guy. Came into some money a little while ago oh, and put shit. together a nice computer set up by the window in my apartment. I love it when there's a breeze and I can have the window open. I'm a solid but unspectacular online guy. Made $5,000 last year. But there's this one motherfucker I just cannot win a hand against. In the past six months alone, I'm down 3000 against him. Stop still, playing with him. Still making money elsewhere, so I was fine to keep playing him. We've messaged a bit in the chat and we live in the same city, but we haven't actually met yet. But I, how this bastard keeps beating me is beyond me. Like, he knows exactly when I'm bluffing, and I never get paid when I'm strong. Swear to fucking God, it's like he's seeing my cards. It's making me wonder if this fucker is watching me through the window. Anyone else have that one? So you're not sus now. Anyone else have that one guy they can't beat? Do I just need to get good, or should I just stop playing him? But then I'd lose a potential friend. (laughs) Should go meet him, then. Said you had two stories. Cuba or Cuba is letting Cuba is letting their citizens get free penis enlargements. Where are we going? Cuba. I think I think we, that from we need to book a tri- we need to book a trip to Cuba. Um, Me so and the boys are going to Cuba. Where's the stuff? The podcast script gone here. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, I've got Deadliest Catch, Dead Guys. So, I've started watching Deadliest Catch. Hold on. Stations. It's a ship. I saw it a long time ago. The Resaca. Where? Cuba. Me and the boys rolling up to get our penis enlargements. <laughs> You turn out with the boys, all, and but then you find out that they do it from leg skin grafts, so they're just taking skin grafts of your home, taking skin off your homie and putting it on for your dick. <laughs> so then 
your homie is forever contact your homie skin bro. is forever contacting your scrotum. Bro, we'll always be together, bro. That's kind of gay. No, it's just kinda the boys. Gay. Just the boys. So on, I've been started watching Deadly's Catch. So in season one, straight away there's a boat, a boat sinkage. It's two hundred miles east of Dutch Harbor. Wait, fuck. Two hundred miles east. West. I knew I'd fuck it up. Ignore that. I think you're right the first time, but I was saying, you know, it can't be east because I then that's like inside. You reach on the land of Alaska. Ships don't go on land. <laughs> 200 yeah. miles west of Dutch Harbor. But I'm just checking that that's not Russia. 200 miles isn't. It's sit on the thing, just not let, um... 200 miles... Swear no, I've heard him say 200 miles that, at least before. That won't help me. I don't know. But if I don't worry, it's not. Yeah, but I just want to see let's where. Let's not keep I bringing up my mistake. I just want to see where you'd be located if you were in the middle of the Bering Sea. Dance of the Crab Boys. The Bering Sea's here. Mm. That whole bit. The Aleutian Trench. You're in Aleutian Trench. That sounds scary. So the Bering Sea is between Russia. Is that bit between Russia and Alaska? And above the Aleutian Islands, that little section. Sig's gone like away, like right up here, like forty miles west. Sigma. Forty miles. Well, not west. Forty miles east of the border is something. Most of the. When he, in the first season, goes right up there. For any reason in particular? Because there's good f- crab, good crab and good crab up there. He, he found good crab. And the Russians shoot him and blow him out of the water. Yep. So, watching so season one, and there's a accident straight up, people dying, episode four and, episode five and six. On a ship called the, yeah, I've got it now. Had the king, not king. Nice. Fuck off! Don't make me look like a dickhead. It was the, you watch, you'll come to me in. The big valley. <laughs> what what the ship was called? Ninety-five foot. That's a weird ass name. Ninety-five foot crabbing boat. We measure in meters in this country. You've been. And then that's what they say on the show, so I don't know. The, I don't know the conversion. Anyway, you learn. You they talk about this guy before the accident happens. They're talking about all the different captains and people they're friends with and stuff. Anyway, in season, in episode five, they put out a thing. The coast guard is saying, "Oh, there's an epoch going off. Blah blah blah. This location." And someone who's his part, like a sister ship, so someone that's part of their crabbing group, um, went, oh, yeah, I know who that is, and said the whole thing. And then they're saying, he's calling out to him going, Gary, Gary, come in, Gary. Gary, you're there. All sorts of things because the EPIRB's going off. And they sent, a couple of boats were close enough so they've gone over there to have a look. 
and they're looking out in the water for a flashing EPUB so they can, like, see the location of them or something, because... So they turn all the lights off on the ship, and they're looking out, and they can't see anything. And they're still going on... They just continue looking and looking, and then it becomes daytime. And by about 10 o'clock, they can see everything, because it doesn't get bright till yeah, 10 o'clock in that area of um, the world. Like, it doesn't get bright till late. So they were going up to where the boat was last, and they see first they see a green bait bucket. Then they go, oh, well, that's fallen off, so that, that's part of their ship. And then they further down, there was a crab sorting bucket, big metal square bowl-looking thing. And then they've realised, oh, the ship's definitely gone under. Hmm. And and then they go up further, and there's another green bait bucket, so they have pretty much gone, well, the ship's crashed here, sunk here. So then they go out looking for blokes in survival suits which are, like, these big red, like, really thick insulated sleeping bag sort of things, like, really thick to protect you from the ocean. Mm. Like a really warm, wet suit. Water sleeping bag. Anyway, so they're putting those on, and they find, so they would have put those on, they found one survivor in a life raft, and they lift him into the helicopter, and they ask him, what happened to the boat, where are the other men? And he said that, so, he awoke in pitch darkness at 7.15am in the morning and the boat was at a 45 degree angle and then five minutes later the boat was at a 90 degree angle and he was scrambling into a life raft. The two to get the life raft off were the captain and another crew member who, when the boat flipped to 90, they were thrown into the ocean and would have been dead within 10 minutes. Mm. That's how cold it is. So they, and then he said there was two, he and two others managed to slip into survival suits. So they go out looking for the ones that are just floating in the ocean, and they find the first one, and they bring him up to the helicopter, and they do CPR on him, and they're unsuccessful, so they lose another, another fellow fisherman is dead. And then they find the last guy, and they lift him into a ship that was nearby. He gets lifted into a ship that was nearby, and they do CPR on him, and it was unsuccessful. So a six-man crew was on this ship, and only one man survived. Oh, fuck. And sometimes, even when men like that are involved in disasters like that, they get back on a crabbing ship. I don't know how you would. I couldn't. The money. Yeah, well, obviously you get a good amount of money. And then, so on that, they were out there for like, I don't know, I think maybe a day and a half it took to find the other two relics. So, on that somber note thing, in the story of survival sort of thing, um, I've just got, I just want to quickly read out these four Survival stories, quickly. Yes. How long have we been going for? Not long. One of Australia's most famous outback desert rescues occurred in 1999. I'll just read two of them, actually. Yeah, good idea. Mm, no, let's just leave well, those out. Okay. We'll read those next week.
if anyone's on wanting to hear about survival stories and how humans are good at stuff like that. Oh, actually, no, we're going to do a, a thing said to do, like, an outro teaser for the next episode. Oh, we haven't done sport yet. Oh, you have sports stories. Well, you didn't say if you did. Well, I just found there's a breaking news one that there's reports that Campbell Graham will miss half the season. What happened? It requires surgery on his sternum. It was a problem last year. Yeah. He thought it was go- yeah. going to go away, and now it's still not settled. Okay. Oh, and I guess Jack Whiten gets a spot on the team now. Mitch Marsh. Every time. Mitch Marsh tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, fuck that shit. No one cares. He'll continue to play, but by Cricket Australia quarantine rules? Yeah, what was that to stand a metre away from the other players? Yep. And they go up and talk to each other in the huddle anyway, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Do they? Yeah. What's the point of that? Well, see you next week, everyone. Even though we don't physically see you, you just listen to us talk shit about shit. Bye.